0: <clears throat> it's good to see you all. Hope you had a good thanksgiving. Uh, if someone were to ask you this morning this question, "Are you rich? How would you answer that there was a There was a man from West Virginia who went on a vacation trip to Thailand and While he was there, he hired this tour guide to take him around and show him the place. And this tour guide was a young man who was trying to improve his English, and so he just talked and talked all the time. And he asked all these questions of this man. He kept asking him about his life, and he asked him if he owned an automobile. And the man said, yes, I own two of them, actually. And uh, he asked him if he was rich. And the man laughed and said, "Oh no, I'm not rich." And he said, "Asked him about his house. He said, "Do you live you probably live in a mansion or something being an American?" And he said, "No. No, it's just a normal, you know, four bedroom house. You know, two-car garage. We have family room and game room and it's not it's not a mansion." And After a lot of conversation and questions, the young man informed him that he was in fact quite rich. And the man realized after hearing how the man lived in such a squalor, uh, he realized that he was in fact wealthy physically but perhaps not so rich in gratitude. And that's what I've been asked to talk about this morning. Is uh, gratitude and gratefulness and thankfulness which ought to be on a lot of our minds uh, this holiday season and uh, you know God expects us he expects us to be grateful and he has commanded us to be grateful people in Luke chapter 17 and verse 11 Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem and he goes through this little village and he enters this little village. And off to the far side, there are these ten men who have leprosy. And leprosy was a horrible disease. It disfigured your face and crippled you. It was very contagious. And you weren't allowed to be around other people, you couldn't be with your family and friends. You had to be separated. It was a horrible, horrible disease. And as he entered this, this village, the, these lepers all cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And they continued to cry, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus had compassion on them, and he healed them all. That leprosy, that horrible disease was gone Forever. They could be with their friends and family again. The Bible says that just one of those ten men, just one, came and thanked Jesus for that. And he was a Samaritan, an enemy of the Jews. Jesus answered and said in Luke 17 and verse 17, So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. You can almost hear the disappointment in Jesus' words here, can't you? God wants us to be grateful, and he's disappointed when we're not grateful for what we have. I read once about this retired school teacher who got a letter in the mail from one of her old students. And she immediately, after reading the letter, wrote wrote the student back. In her letter, she said, you have no idea. How much your letter meant to me. How much your letter meant to me. After being a teacher for 50 years, you're the only student that has ever sent me anything of gratitude, the only note of appreciation I have ever received, she said. Why is gratitude, why is expressing gratitude in our everyday life seems so rare? You know, uh, a lonely woman who lives, lives by herself all alone because her friends and family are all gone, she will appreciate a visit from you far more than a popular woman who is surrounded by family and friends all the time. A starving man will appreciate a small morsel of food more than a man who feasts at a full table every day. It seems like the more we have, the less we are grateful for what we have. Which leads us to being less satisfied with what we have. and Less satisfied with our lives. But God God gives us a better way. He tells us to be grateful. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He's not saying here, that we must give thanks for everything. He doesn't say to be thankful for everything you have. He says be thankful in everything. You know, it doesn't matter what situation you're in, you can find something to be grateful for. On the absolute worst day of your life, when everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong, you could, at the end of the day, bow your knee, and say this prayer to God. Lord, I thank you that every day is not like today. You could say that prayer and genuinely be grateful in your heart. You can find something to be grateful for always, no matter what happens. And God wants us to do that But what we're more likely to do is to complain. To complain about the bad days rather than remember the good. And the word that describes this kind of attitude is called ungratefulness. And ungratefulness always leads us to a dark place. The book of Romans describes the fall of man. He says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The Greek word for unthankful means to refuse to recognize debts, to feel that one has the right to services without obligation. That's the definition of the word. So being thankful would therefore be to acknowledge the debt. After everything God has done for us, the least we could do is acknowledge the debt. The definition of thankful is to acknowledge the kindness that's been shown to you. That's the word definition. It's interesting that the words thank and think come from the same root word. To thank and to think are very similar. Thankfulness is a way of thinking. It's an attitude that you have. You know, I doubt that anyone here today has a problem being thankful for a while. The problem is maintaining that attitude long term, keeping that attitude in your your mind. That's hard. (coughs) You don't wake up one morning and just say, you know what? I'm just not thankful I don't really I don't really thank God you know I don't really I'm not really grateful for anything he's done I'm not grateful for anything anyone's done for me and I'm not going to be thankful it doesn't work that way that's not what ungratefulness is like ungratefulness is a passive sin of omission And it's an important sin because this sin of ungratefulness opens the door and lets Satan in to your life. Ungratefulness is what blinds you to this garden full of trees, your beautiful garden full of trees. And ungratefulness makes you focus on that one tree that you don't have. That one fruit that you want. That's how it started. And Satan used this over and over again. This story repeated in the Old Testament over and over again. Israel would be unhappy and miserable... They would cry out to God for help, and God would help them. And they would be grateful for that. And then they would forget. They would forget. And their life would be miserable again. And this repeated over and over. You need to know that living an unthankful life will Bring you all kinds of sin and misery. <coughs> Being unthankful will cause you to worry. It will cause you to struggle with anxiety and worry. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Do you struggle with worry in life? Do you find yourself being anxious about things? If so, this is the cure. He has given us the cure for that. Whatever worries you, pray about it. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. The word supplication here... Means to petition or plead humbly. <laughs> plead humbly with God about the things that you ask for, the things that worry you. And it says to do this with thanksgiving. Remember everything God has done for you in the past and thank Him for that. And if you do that, You'll remember how much he cares for you. You'll remember how much he loves you. So why would he not take care of you now? And the verse says here, and the peace of God, which is beyond our ability to even understand, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Always remember that God is in control. And God didn't sacrifice his only son for you just so you could live a life of anxiety and fear and doubt and worry. Whatever problems you face in this world that you're worried about, you must know that Jesus has provided a way out for you. And it'll all work out good in the end. Another problem with ingratitude is pride. To live a life of gratitude, you have to get rid of pride. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7 says, For who makes you differ from another? And who do you have? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you indeed did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Pride makes us focus on ourselves. It makes us focus on our accomplishedness rather than all the shoulders of all the people that we're standing on. You have nothing that is, all, that is all yours. Everything you have is made possible by a lot of people who sacrificed a lot of things so that you could have what you have. And none of us got where we are today without that. You have to get rid of foolish pride and be humble about your accomplishments if you're going to live a life of gratitude. And also to live a life of gratitude, you have to be content with what you have. And you do this, the way to be content is to focus on what you have. Instead of what you don't have. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul warns Timothy about this. He says, Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, be content. And Paul will continue here in 1 Timothy chapter 6 he continues talking to about this lack of contentment and how it leads to greed and covetousness and all the problems that come with that and focusing on focusing on what we don't have is what leads to this greed and covetousness so we have to focus on what we do and this Greed and covetousness brings discontentment and worry and all the things we talked about. It's the opposite, really, of what you want. This lack of gratitude brings so much misery in life. And if you would just think about and focus on everything that God has given you, everything you have to be grateful for, instead of focusing on what you don't have, what you can't have, what you wish you had. If you did this, don't you think your life would be happier? It would be more content? It would be more joyful? I think we would all like that. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you think about is what you treasure. And so, we need to think about the treasure that is good, the treasure that God has given us, things that we have. The secret to having a joyful life is not getting everything you want. It's being grateful for the things that you have. But most of us spend our whole lives focused on things we don't have instead of being grateful for the things we do. And then we realize our life is over and we've missed the joy of living in the present. The things that we have. Be grateful for small things. We take so much for granted. All of the little things in life that makes makes life for us not just tolerable, but actually pleasant. Being rich in this life isn't hard. Just be grateful for the little things. Be grateful for the common things. You'll be rich. We often don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. The electricity goes out and we appreciate electricity a dear friend dies and we realize how much they mean to us. So how do you fix this? How do you, how do you keep from falling into ungratefulness and ungrateful thinking? After studying this a lot, I, I think the biblical solution is we have to change the way we see ourselves. The way we view ourself, our self image, may need to change. In Proverbs 13, in verse 7, it says, There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. You know, you can be poor, you can be dirt poor and consider yourself rich. Likewise, you can be very rich and consider yourself poor. You can choose how you view yourself. You can choose your self-image. And I think the way to live grateful, to live grateful every day in life, is to consider yourself rich in this physical world, but poor spiritually. No matter what you have, you can have this self-image. Acknowledge your physical blessings in this world so that you'll see how rich you truly are and acknowledge your spiritual needs so you can see how poor you are to God. And if you do this, I think you can be grateful. The reason having this kind of image of yourself helps is because the riches of this world are fickle. They come and go. And they don't bring you lasting satisfaction. They just don't. And so because of this, If you don't already see how rich you are, you'll never be rich enough. You just never will. Unless you already are rich inside. If you feel and know how rich you are, if that's how you see yourself, then you've made it. And you'll be satisfied with that. The opposite, however, is true of the spiritual man. Spiritually, you can be satisfied. Jesus said on the Sermon of the Mount, on the Sermon of the Mount, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger, for they shall be filled. The riches of God are eternal, they're always with you. And they'll always be with you. And having this mind makes you grateful for the things that you have now and grateful for the things that are to come. And no one can take that away. So, I want to encourage you this morning to be thankful. You may have heard of an old author named Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling. He was a famous writer and the late 1800s, he wrote a series of books called uh, The Jungle Book and how a newspaper once wrote a story about him and in this newspaper article, it talked about how popular he was and how he was making $10 per word that he wrote. Every word, $10, which was a ton of money back in the 1800s. And these, these students read this, uh, these college students were reading this, and they decided to send him a letter. And they put $10 in an envelope with a letter that said, send us your best word. And Kipling got out a piece of paper and wrote one word down and sent it to him. You know what that word was? It was thanks. Thanks. Thanks is an awesome word. It's a word that can soften people's hearts. It shows humility. It shows that you need other people. You need someone other than yourselves. And it tells people, saying thanks tells people that you appreciate them. And everyone, every single person wants to be appreciated. Keep this word on your tongue and say it, say it often. Say it when you wake up in the morning. Say it when you realize someone has done something good for you. When you see God's blessings in your life, say thanks. Say it when you go to bed tonight. Say it more and more and see how it changes your attitude. It's all about what you focus on. Be grateful for the people in your life. Don't wait for a funeral to realize how much you appreciate people. I just want to encourage you today. I hope it has encouraged you to be grateful in life because that's what God wants from us. Thank you for your attention. If you are struggling with something that has been hard to overcome, and you would like the prayers of the church to help you, we would be glad to do that. Please, come forward if that's the case. Sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.